0: it's 1106 on WSIC news radio and you're listening to we're just saying well I guess it's I'm just saying today uh, it's with uh, usually with Senator Vicki Sawyer but uh, she is down in Raleigh taking a budget vote at the moment so not gonna be able to be on today I'm your fill-in host David Koble like to be part of our show 70 or excuse me not seven oh four, eight four four studio four we're also streaming live on the WSIC news Facebook page as well as YouTube and X formerly known as Twitter and also LinkedIn great to be with you today are really excited about our show, um, got a couple of guests that are going to uh, call in to us, and actually have one uh, ready to join us. So, uh, everyone, will welcome Congressman Patrick McHenry to the show. Congressman, how are you today? Great, Coble. How are you? Doing well, sir. How is uh, now? Are you in? Are you at uh, in Washington D.C. right now, or are you finally back home in district?
1: No, nope, no. Nope. I get a glorious day here in Washington. Everything's getting going swimmingly,
0: and uh, <laughs> everything's easy, right? Absolutely, and, 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 uh, you know, every, go ahead, sir. Oh no, no, no. So,
1: uh, so of course, yeah. No, it's uh, it's been uh, it's been a wild ride. The last couple couple days, couple weeks have been a wild ride, we're we've got a big uh, a major battle that's brewing. On spending, um, and that is coming to a head in, in the next, uh, as we try to fund the government um, and trying to restrain this administration and what they want to do with spending. So, So, Congressman, I I I think our listeners would
0: really be interested to understand. It seems like, you know, it's Groundhog Day on um, on these types of things. Seems like, you know, every year, every year and a half or so, we find ourselves back here. And so, you know, you have had the, um, you know, the uh, honor of serving this district for a long time. Uh, You've uh, served our area of Iredell a couple of different times (laughs) through redistricting and things like that. Um, What is sort of the the biggest hang up as to why we continue to find ourselves? back here in your mind?
1: Spend it. Look, uh, the, the, the major challenge when Republicans are in charge of the House is that we don't have a budget small enough that any of us are satisfied. And so I voted for bills that cut federal spending. But do they cut enough? No. Do they cut enough for my constituents? No. Do they cut enough for me? No. Do they cut enough to uh, maintain economic prosperity for the next next generation? No. So we have major budget challenges that are unresolved and until we get into the fundamentals of those of those budget uh, issues we're not going to put America on the sustainable economic path we need for the next g- generation to inherit a country as prosperous as the one that we uh, get to live in. And so there's a lot of frustration even if many you know even if folks like me say, look, we've got to be responsible um, and cut as much as we can, but still vote for, for funding the government. And then a number of my fellow conservatives say, no, no, still not enough. Still not enough. And I get it. I get it. I want a lower budget number. We've got to reform entitlements. We've got to balance the budget. Uh, and we can't do it with, by raising taxes. That's going to lead us into not prosperity, but uh, less growth and lower government, uh, you know, lower tax income to the federal government because people will be out of work. So big issue. And then you just turn on the news. Turn on the news, and what do we see? Well, we see the southern border. And this administration has done a terrible job at the southern border. So just those two issues, and that, not to get into all the other issues that we're, we're dealing with this, with this administration, but primarily spending – uh, this administration spent more than any other administration in American history in a shorter period of time than any other administration in American history um, and uh, has left us worse off with massive inflation. And so we fought the fight in the budget and uh, in the, in the debt ceiling negotiations and got uh, uh, funding. Uh, we got restraint. We got budget cuts and restraint over time. And it was regarded and called then – the largest deficit reduction package in American history. And it still is not enough. So we have a major fight uh, about the size of our federal government. And um, many of us think it's important that we we have this battle. We also have to have this battle so it tees up the next uh, big debate in the elections. So we have to win this fight with the American people even if we can't win it legislatively here, we've got, we've got to make sure the American people know how large this government is. This is the most expensive federal government we've ever had. Um, even, out, even during wartime, as a percentage of our economy, we are spending uh, – we've got a, a greater deficit in debt than we did during war, in World War II. That's not sustainable. So we've got big issues we've got to wrestle with
0: absolutely and, and congressman uh, I was actually so not
1: just, yeah
0: oh go ahead, no I was just gonna say you actually have the ability to speak on this with a lot more clarity than I know a, a number of people realize you have been part of the financial services committee for a while uh, but you know as minority uh, chairman on there and now of course you, you lead your chairman as you lead the majority and you all actually have actually had a good bit of work going on over the last little bit uh, in relation to China so do you mind filling our listeners in on a few things that uh, you've been working on as part of financial services?
1: Sure. Um, look, uh, we have this major challenge economically and militarily with China. This is a generational threat. Um, you know, the, the, the President Trump fought the fight with China. This administration can't quite figure out what to do. Um, and so what I want to do is position the economic battle lines uh, with us using effective tools to counter China. Um, And so we've got to make sure we use sanctions appropriately. We need to make sure we cut off their military industrial complex uh, from uh, global money and investments to help fund the Chinese military. Uh, And bad actors in China, we need to make sure that we have the ability to target them and make sure that they can't uh, do business internationally. So we need to use all the tools that we have. And those tools are primarily economically. uh, The economic uh, fight there uh, rests in my committee primarily. And that is how we sanction people and how we cut them off from the financial system, uh, international bad players, and those that are um, using slave labor and uh, parts of China. Uh, Those that are, um, you know, State-owned enterprises that are working primarily for the military and the intelligence bureaus in China, um, and so we need to make sure that we don't have Americans investing in them to fund their military. And so we passed bills related to that out of committee uh, uh, just this past week. And um, you know, this is this is the type of work that I think is really important for us to get right um, in our fight with China.
0: No, absolutely, 100%. And, uh, Congressman, before we let you go, because I know that you have a, a lot of different obligations, um, one of the things I think is dear to sort of the uh, Iredell County folks is the uh, uh, legislation to, as you mentioned, protect farmland from being purchased um, by foreign entities, because obviously that takes our food supply. So want to thank you for spearheading that and pushing that through committee, especially on behalf of, you know, Iredell County with agriculture being, you know, sort of our our, our chief industry here.
1: Absolutely. And uh, this matters. Uh, For everything north uh, of Statesville,
0: um, Iroda County is rich in agricultural production and capacity, and I want to make sure it's preserved. Absolutely. Congressman Patrick McKinney, thank you so much for being part of the show today. We look forward to having you back.
1: Have a great day, Mike.
0: Welcome back to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio, normally with Senator Vicki Sawyer, uh, but uh, it's I'm Just Saying today. I'm your fill in host, David Koval. Uh, Senator Sawyer, I believe, uh, I think they have just completed votes down in Raleigh. Uh, breaking news, we do ha- seem to have a North Carolina budget. So, congratulations to uh, all the folks down in Raleigh. If you'd like to be part of our show, 844 Studio 4. We're also streaming live on the WSIC News Facebook page, uh, YouTube, Twitter, formerly the, or currently known as X, and of course, LinkedIn. Um, as I mentioned, the um, uh, looks to, we have a North Carolina budget now. Uh, a lot of you know over the last few weeks, we've been talking a lot um, both on uh, Representative Jason Sain's show, on uh, Senator Sawyer's show about the budget process. We we just had Congressman Patrick McHenry on, uh, which we greatly appreciate. Great friend of the show, great congressman um, for our area. But it's interesting to see the um, similarities between uh, the budget issues at the federal government and the budget challenges we've had here at the state government. And it, while they're very similar, they're also very different, right? Um, In the federal government, as Congressman McHenry mentioned, uh, we've got a spending problem. And I think most of us uh, who listen on this show, uh, as uh, WSSC news listeners, would agree to that. Um, It's been a while, I believe, since we had a federal budget, so we uh, function on continuing resolutions these days, and those have to continually be negotiated. And depending on which party is in power, is depending on which one seems to be able to move the ball. But it seems like that we always have these looming shutdowns because um, you know, at Congressman McHenry And the the Republicans job is up there to curtail spending. I've yet to meet a person who uh, can legitimately say the federal government doesn't spend enough uh, money. They spend trillions upon trillions of dollars. Our deficit and our debt continue to increase. Um, But seems like no one can ever agree on what to spend on. I think the spending priorities seem to be uh, what log people up. But then we get down to the state level. And, of course, we do have um, a a Republican supermajority down in Raleigh. And it's interesting, as I have been uh, had the opportunity to sort of see the budget uh, process as it's been going. I spend a good little bit of time in Raleigh and hear different representatives talk. Um, You know, our House and our Senate, uh, both led by Republicans, you know, are, you know, very fiscally responsible, very uh, fiscally conservative. But uh, the challenges seem to uh, come in with them as well as to what to spend on um, and different priorities. And the House and the Senate, uh, you know, seem to to be, while uh, aligned from a overall fiscal management standpoint, from a prioritization standpoint, they seem to go different ways. And so, of course, that brings, you know, some challenges in negotiation. But that's why we have government, and that's why we uh, elect representatives to go down and do those negotiations. But now that we do have a budget, there's a lot of good stuff in the budget. Um, you know, I think the, the major things that, uh, you know, are part of this, of course, Medicaid expansion uh, remained in. There were questions a couple of weeks ago as to whether or not Medicaid expansion uh, would be able able to make it in because it had been paired in with uh, casinos. Uh, Casinos had been a big push um, inside the budget uh, coming from uh, the Senate side, uh, looking to bring those in. um, As our listeners are probably familiar, sports betting was legalized uh, during the last session. And so this uh, casinos and what they call video lottery terminals uh, were sort of the next evolution of that a lot of debate, a lot of conversation about that. Uh, but ultimately, um, in order to get us a budget, um, you know, compromises were made. And so casinos came out, but Medicaid expansion did stay in. And so that um, obviously is um, a big um, item that has been uh, you know, a source of debate in North Carolina for a while. Senator Sawyer has spent a lot of time talking about Medicaid expansion and sort of the, um, you know, the, the challenges that, you know, obviously come with um, health care overall in North Carolina. Uh, but uh, North Carolina, one of the few states that had not. So that did make it in as part of the budget. Some additional items that were uh, part of the budget were um, school choice, obviously a big item for um, our Republic le- Republican-led legislature and, of course, Senator Sawyer, um, a number of um, uh, opportunity scholarship um, um, improvements. Uh, if you're not familiar with opportunity scholarships, that's uh, funding that gives parents the opportunity to take uh, you know, a portion of the state funding that would be allotted to their child and pay for um, private school, parochial school, or um, some other type of school. Um, in order to make sure that they are uh, that parents have the most say in the educational choices for their family, uh, within that, uh, uh, folks who make fifty five thousand dollars or less um, are the ones who get the first priority um, on the scholarships. Next comes to one hundred and eleven thousand dollars or less, and um, third, two hundred and forty nine thousand seven hundred fifty or less. The top award that can come from this is seventy four hundred dollars a year uh, is the full amount, and then that number goes down based off of income level. So. Um, If you are a family that is at fifty five thousand dollars or less, uh, you can receive seventy four hundred dollars a year to put towards uh, educational choices for uh, you and your family. The budget also includes 7% raises uh, for uh, teachers um, and state employees and on close to 9% um, for bus drivers is part of this uh, budget, which is uh, pretty exciting for those of you who um, have ever uh, uh, rode the bus to school like I did. Uh, the bus driver's job, they they I don't think a 9% raise even probably covers, uh, especially the bus drivers that have to deal with kids like uh, I was, but we did get them raises, which is fantastic. Also, they're um, $500 million additionally for a nonprofit that provides the opportunity to cre- help create new businesses in North Carolina. Again, um, if as we've talked about on the show before, you have seen instance, uh, a lot of talk about North Carolina being a fantastic state for uh, business ranked number one uh, in the country uh, by a couple of uh, surveys for the number one places to do business. That is in large part to um, the um, uh, fiscal policies and the uh, regulatory policies of the Republican-led uh, uh, supermajority here at, uh, down in Raleigh. So uh, kudos to them them on that. Um, also uh, in the budget was um, uh, tax cuts. Um, the tax rate cut to 3.99 percent by 2025. So that is the state income tax level. Obviously, um, throughout the addition, uh, the couple of iterations of the budget, all going all the way back to 2011, 2012, when Republicans first took control um, of the uh, North Carolina House, uh, tax cuts have been a big part of what they wanted to accomplish. So the tax rate, uh, personal income tax rate being cut to 3.99% by 2025. So um, those of you who uh, keep an eye on your tax bill and what the IRS takes out uh, each month, uh, you can be maybe a little less depressed about it now, uh, especially by 2025 uh, when you see that number go down. But you are listening to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio. I'm filling in for Senator Vicky Sawyer. This is David 844-STUDIO-4 if you'd like to be part of the show. Uh, Some of the other things that are getting ready to happen down in Raleigh uh, now that the budget is passed. Unfortunately uh, for our representatives, they do not uh, actually get to go home just yet. There's a couple of uh, items left to uh, address. The uh, biggest one uh, remaining is redistricting. Uh, had the opportunity to be on Representative Jason Sain's show on Wednesday, and we had a really good discussion about redistricting and the drawing of the maps. Um, he, of course, was thrilled that he doesn't have to head that up, but um, um, a member of the Iredell County delegation, uh, Representative Gray Mills, um, as, uh, was part of that, uh, process last year. Gets to be part of it this year, and it does similar to budget items. Redistricting seems to be the uh, groundhog day events that seem to happen here. We, uh, for those of you who are wondering, you know why are we drawing maps again? Well, we're drawing maps again because uh, North Carolina kept getting sued uh, by a group uh, we we like to refer to them as Sue Till Blue was headed up by um, former Attorney General of the United States Eric Holder um, and kept continually challenging the maps that were being drawn uh, by the North Carolina legislature. I think they went through multiple multiple iterations uh, to finally get to um, one that uh, people seem to be able to agree on. The uh, court appointed a special uh, master at the end of the day to draw them. And based off of the way it shook out, it seemed like it was going to be sort of an even distribution um, or close to even distribution across some of the contested, um, uh, you know, more, I guess you could call it uh, middle of the road areas of the state and the way those were drawn. But in spite of all that, the Republicans still ended up with a supermajority. So go figure. I think at some point in time, People need to ask if uh, maybe the uh, problem isn't the districts. Maybe the problem is the message of one particular party who can't seem to win, even when uh, a special master who leans their way politically are able to uh, draw the maps for them. But uh, we do have that supermajority. But redistricting now will be a part. It's going to be interesting to see. I think how that shapes up. Uh, uh, If you've never actually been able to see a redistricting map, um, it's a lot of uh, a lot of lines, a lot of different and varying colors, and a lot of math. Uh, Uh, that goes into it. And it's really interesting to see because of, you know, to be constitutionally uh, drawn correctly, um, as uh, Representative Sane was pointing out on Wednesday, um, there is a formula that goes into it. And he's one of the fortunate ones that uh, his entire district uh, makes up um, all of of Lincoln County. Um, As you know, in Iredell County, we actually have uh, three uh, North Carolina house reps uh, that represent portions of Iredell County. Um, We have uh, uh, Representative uh, Gray Mills, who is sort of the southern end of the county. Uh, We have Representative Jeff McNeely, who's uh, further from Troutman going north. And then we actually have Representative Mitchell Setzer, who has a, a small portion over towards the, I believe it's the west of Iredell County. So we actually have um, three state representatives, um, the way Iredell uh, County is carved up. Obviously, only one senator, uh, Senator Vicki Sawyer, uh, who represents Iredell and then sort of a portion of North Mecklenburg. But that will uh, come into the process. I fully expect that there will be lawsuits on these maps as well. The good thing is, is that at this point, we do have a uh, North. Carolina Supreme Court. That is, um, the majority of folks, um, uh, up there are more constitutionalists, uh, I would say more conservative in their political, um, and judicial philosophies, uh, which has given us the opportunity to beat back a number of challenges, um, that have come, uh, from the left up, uh, through some of the legislation that has passed through North Carolina. I do, uh, fully expect that there will be lawsuits and whatever maps are drawn, uh, just because there's a lot of money to be raised, uh, off of doing that. And it's a good business, I think, for some people to, uh, continually sue related to those maps. I do expect to see that. But the good thing is, is we do have a North Carolina Supreme Court now led by Chief Justice Paul Newby, um, who has done a fantastic job in uh, sort of, I guess, making those elections. If you remember back in the 90s, uh, the way Newt Gingrich sort of nationalized congressional elections, Paul Newby really deserves a ton of credit for making judicial races more of a focus statewide um, to get people um, really focused on those. Because for the longest time, it was the legislature that people focused on. It was the Senate. Uh, it was the ha- North Carolina Senate, North Carolina House, and obviously uh, uh, the federal um, House and the federal Senate. Um, and we seem to lose sight a little bit of the North Carolina Supreme Court. And as a result, did end up with um, some more liberal justices up there. And we saw the effects of that over the last few years. Uh, but uh, major kudos needs to go to Representative Paul Newby, who visited Iredell uh, County, or Representative <laughs> Chief Justice Paul Newby, who visited Iredell County a number of different times, uh, coming through and advocating on behalf of. Uh, Republican leading judges and it has borne fruit. You're listening to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio with uh, Senator Vicky Sawyer and David. It is just David today, so it's I'm Just Saying. But if you'd like to be part of our show, 844-STUDIO-4, we are still streaming live on the WSIC News Facebook page, YouTube, X, formerly known as Twitter, and LinkedIn. Um, engineer extraordinaire, Bill, I think we're going to need to start updating some promo stuff for when the senator ditches me so that it's like, you know, that that the comments are like, welcome back to He's Just Saying with uh, David Coble from live from Studio C and the C is for COBOL, as we all know. But we do have another guest here on We're Just Saying. uh, We have uh, Kristen Blumenstein from the DACI organization. Kristen, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing great. It's great to have you. So, Kristen, do me a favor. Talk a little bit about uh, DACI and sort of, of, I guess, for the benefit of our listeners. DACI stands for what and and what's its purpose? (laughs)
2: Uh, The Drug Alcohol Coalition of Iredale. It's It's basically uh, just a collaborative of people from all sectors in the community, from, you know, healthcare professionals, teachers, parents, we even have a few youth members. So, you know, we all just kind of put our heads and resources together to fight substance misuse in Iredell County.
0: Very nice. And how long have you been uh, affiliated with the organization? Uh, Since February of last year. Really? Now, and so typically, uh, Kristen, in, in my experience, you know, folks that, that do this kind of work, um, you know, and it's such a, 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 a it's a passion project for so many uh, to get involved in, in things like this. It, is there any particular sort of experience or what sort of uh, your motivation for trying to assist in drug and alcohol rehabilitation?
2: Uh, well, I mean, for me, it's very personal. I'm in a person I'm a person in long term recovery from um, substance use, the um, six years on September the, actually I just had one, I had just had a birth, we call them birthdays, but not belly button birthday, <laughs> <laughs> um, September the September the 9th uh, would be my six years, so this is very personal for me, and especially being in, I grew up here in Idaho County, so that makes it that hits home even more is being back in the place that I grew up in.
0: So, no, no absolutely. And congratulations on that An amazing accomplishment. Well done. Um, uh, I've had family members that, that have gone through recovery making it six years is huge. So well done to you on that. But um, in talking about sort of Thank the work you. that you all do, um, do you all have sort of, how, how is it that you get engaged with folks um, who are need, you know, needing assistance with recovery and support through recovery? And what are the types of programs that you offer?
2: Well, the thing is we're kind of we're a kind of a conduit to all the services that are out there. So, um, you know, we don't deal as the coalition, we don't deal directly with people. Now that's not to say if somebody called me and asked for some help with something that I wouldn't do it, but that's just not that's not um that's not what we're here for. We're we do um more community level change. So working on like prevention for the youth, um, you know. Getting out there and doing trainings for people, Uh, you know, I mean, I just recently did several Narcan trainings for healthcare professionals, Um, and we also uh, we've got a new thing. We've started our annual In the Know event, which brings together, um, you know, all the people from the community. Um, We're having that in um, February fifth. This past year was a great success, so we're doing it again in two thousand twenty-four. And we're going to have Sam Kionis as a speaker. Um, Great guy. He's a great investigative reporter. Wrote the book Dreamland, and um, that was a book about the opioid crisis and Big Pharma and all that good stuff. Um, Great book too. So I'm so excited. I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity. Oh wow! Yeah, he's going to be speaking at that event. So yeah, we just we focus on the whole the community as a whole. And you know what we can do to affect every resident of Argo County.
0: No, in definitely. A good way. And Christian, let me ask you. You know, obviously, um, you know the the Iredell um, County and especially the the Morsel community has been hit hard um, over the last year or so with um, deaths related to fentanyl, um, and it really just is becoming a, a you know a, really a crisis um, in a lot of communities uh, throughout North Carolina. As you have um, you know been working in Iredell County and seeing, you know, have you seen just a lot more challenges with fentanyl, and is is that really sort of what's has Take and hold um, more than um, other, uh, you know, potential um, addictions inside of Iredell County.
2: Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that's 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 the main one right now. And um, you know, here as of you know the last year or so, we've also seen a really big uptick in meth as well. So, and a lot of things that we're seeing, um, a lot of times we're seeing a combination of the two together. So. Um, but yeah, the fentanyl for sure. And I mean, you know, the meth is deadly too. I mean, you can, you can overdose on it just like you can fentanyl. Um, so, you know, we do see a lot of overdoses come through from meth. Um, but yeah, we, it's, it's important to understand that this is something that doesn't have to happen. You know, that, that lives can be saved with, with measures like Narcan and, you know, other harm reduction strategies we can really make a difference and <clears throat> make sure that people are not dying from this. You know, people don't have to die. We don't want any more people to lose their life. So, you know, we are just trying to find new ways to reach out to those people and get to them. And with things like, with things like Narcan, it puts you in a position where, you know, you're in contact with people that are in active addiction and you're there and, and you build a trusting relationship with them when they're ready for treatment they'll come to you because you've already built that relationship with them through these harm reduction strategies you're doing in the community. So, you know, we are definitely following uh, other other places leads in other communities. We've seen it be really successful um, and we're just kind of doing the same evidence-based things that we see going on in other communities and it is it is making a difference. It really is. So, no, absolutely um,
0: and that's we're just gonna keep on
2: trucking
0: no and, and that's one of the um, one of the one of the great things about organizations like yours is I think so many times you know people who are suffering from addiction and 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 you know issues like that they want to get help but they sometimes just don't know where to look right I mean there's there's resources you know in many different areas but knowing where to start can sometimes be overwhelming and having an organization like yours that's willing to say hey you know we can help you get started and move what are some of The, um, what are some of the, uh, you know, programs and things like that that you are able to assist getting people connected with?
2: Oh gosh, we have, um, we actually publish a um, substance use resource guide that goes out. We just did a new one, a new version in January of this year, and it lists everything from outpatient treatment to uh, you know medication assisted treatment, long-term uh, recovery programs, short-term recovery programs. Um, I mean just anything and everything that is available to Idaho county residents you can find in that resource guide. And we actually have it uh, you can go online and get that get that resource guide on our website. Um, I don't know if I could can I plug that here. You absolutely
0: can plug that here, please do.
2: okay yeah yeah it's uh, it's DAC. Iredale.com, and then under resources, you'll find the substance use resource guide. And it's a you know, it's a digital thing, so you can print it out and give it to whoever you want. And we're giving away a lot of copies of
0: that this year. That's amazing. And you all actually have an event coming up, uh, to celebrate recovery month, right?
2: Yes, yes, yes. This is our exciting one, the walk for recovery event. And so, what will that, um, what all will that entail? Our sixth annual. Uh, Well, this is going to be a, It's as always, it's a family-friendly event. It's going to be held at Troutman ESD Park on September the 30th from 4 to 7 p.m. We're just looking at, and you got to remember that we're not just talking about substance use recovery in this realm. We're talking about recovery from anything. Recovery from an eating disorder or, you know, a a bad codependent relationship (laughs) or anything, you know, you don't have to use substances to benefit from recovery and what it has to offer. Um, so we'll have a lot of vendors there, um, you know, showing what resources are available in the community. And the fun part, too, is there'll be so much kid stuff. We've got we've got a, a splash pad that will be there. We're going to have a magician, um, petting zoo, face painting. There's going to be some arts and, and dance performances, uh, we'll have a photo booth. And just all kinds of little games and crafts for the kids so it'll be a really great event for the kids and we're also going to give out hot dogs food is free everything is free at this event there's you won't have to pay for anything this is all
0: free oh wow so, that is yeah, amazing. It's, it's
2: a great time we have a lot of people come out last year and we're expecting even more this year or so
0: well that's amazing christian i just noticed it's the sixth annual iredale walk for recovery um and it's your sixth year of recovery so that's fantastic timing
2: Isn't that? Wow. (laughs) Yeah, look at that. That's amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and I know you said that everything is uh, free. Like, are there um, specific sponsors that have helped make this happen? Because I know things like this don't come together uh, without, you know, dedicated members of the community. Are there any sponsors you want to highlight?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, Foundation of Hope Ministries, um, Integrated Care, Statesville Partners, um, PQA, Piedmont Healthcare, Southern Family Medicine. We've got Fifth Street Ministries, Iredale Free News, Iredale State School Schools, NAMI, um, Addiction Recovery Medical Services, the Foundry House, it's all your insurance. And <laughs> Turning Point Family Services are our sponsors for this year's event.
0: Well, that's amazing. And, and obviously things like this can't happen without, you know, conscientious business people in the community. So the fact that all these folks have stepped in to do this is amazing. Um, Kristen, thank you so much for taking the time to call uh, to talk to us um, about your organization. And thank you for what you do, um, for putting uh, your passion and obviously your life experience and investing it into others. Uh, thank you very much for doing that and making our community a better place.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. You're listening to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio. We'll be right back. Back to We're just saying on WSIC News Radio, uh, normally with Senator Vicki Sawyer and David, Senator Sawyer was down uh, doing her uh, constitutional duty and casting a vote for the uh, North Carolina budget. Uh, might get her on a phone call here in just a few minutes if we're lucky. But if you'd like to be part of the show, 844-STUDIO-4, also still streaming live on the WSIC News Facebook page, as well as YouTube, Facebook, X, uh, formerly known as Twitter, and LinkedIn. Um, but uh, if you're uh, just joining us, one of the interesting things that happened last night was there was a uh, candidate forum over um, up in morsel It is municipal election time uh, inside of the various cities through Iredale County, and there was a candidate uh, forum last night, and uh, a lot of good questions. That's very well attended um, uh, forum as well, um, and they were able to um, ask some good questions. Having participated in a couple of those uh, during my time as an elected official, I can tell you that uh, those can be uh, pretty challenging and pretty tough. Um, but uh, we'll get back to that here in just a moment. But we would like to welcome as a very special guest. I'm just saying, but David Coble. Senator Vicky Sawyer, how are you today?
3: <laughs> hey, David. Thank you for keeping the home <laughs> fires burning while we were up here passing a budget.
0: Well, no problem. Well, I, I've always said that if you ever have to be a way to do your constitutional duty, I am more than happy to sit in and assist whenever possible. It's when you go on vacation is that I have that I, that I start to have a little bit of a problem with it. <laughs>
3: That is completely understandable. So this time I have a complete work excuse, and that was we just moments ago passed the state budget. So so grateful to have that behind us. And David, guess what else we passed?
0: What you what else did you pass?
3: High school athletic association governance change. You know so. Grateful.
0: You know, it was funny. I was scrolling scrolling through the Twitterverse last, well, the X-verse last night, and I saw uh, a, a, a tweet come from uh, one of the North Carolina uh, insiders, I guess, as it were, and it said that uh, the North Carolina ha- Athletic Association bill just might have happened to make its way onto the floor of a bill for a vote. So that was fantastic uh, news, I thought, and I thought, well, it's a little late. Senator Sarge probably um, a little irritable at the moment, so I'm not going to text her about it. <laughs> It but at the same time, that is awesome. So, remind our listeners what was in the bill.
3: So, it is not what's being reported by Raleigh news media of the dismantling of the high school athletic association absolutely false, misleading information.
0: Wait, so what you're telling me is that a Raleigh newspaper is putting out false and misleading information. I can't even imagine Well, that. I'll say
3: one of their reporters. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say one of their reporters, one of their reporters So, um, on the Twitterverse. Um, but, yeah, so what it does basically is just increases transparency for the high school athletic association. So they can no longer go behind closed doors and make these decisions that affect all of their members, I think it's 520 some odd members, without having public uh, meetings. That's very key and important, so key and important because we found out recently they just created a second company, a second organization, and funneled as much as $20 million of their endowment to this second organization just to escape the oversight from the uh, North Carolina General Assembly. So this is not what it seems. This is a very calculated move by the High School Athletic Association to protect money that you and I and schools have given them unsupervised for the past 20, 30 years.
0: So, So let me get this straight. The North Carolina High School Athletic Association that is a de facto receiver of state appropriated tax dollars. Took it out of their took upon themselves to move a portion of those state appropriated tax dollars that go to our schools, and then ultimately the schools have to pay back and put it into a separate entity to avoid the uh, transparency, um, uh, you know, laws and statutes you all were mm-hmm. really looking to put on them. That I, did I state that accurately? Yeah.
3: That is absolutely accurate. So that is what's happening here. And they did that without notification to the State Board of Education, from my understanding, or to the superintendent, or to the General Assembly. So this isn't like they are being a fair and honest brokers here with the money that they have raised off of basically no-bid contract that we have given them as a state of North Carolina to administer high school athletics. Remember, this isn't a portion or a group that is uh, that is. It is associated with schools. They are a subcontractor of the state of North Carolina administering high school athletics. They are a business just like any other business. And they have to, um, because they are chosen to do this, and they have to do open meetings law. And so they have refused and fought against this all the way through. So today we finally packaged it up and put it on the governor's desk.
0: Well, that is amazing. Uh, do we know if is the governor going to sign it?
3: Well, today, last night, the uh, House Democrats uh, voted against the mid bill because the bill was combined with some other insurance measures. Today, on the Senate floor, the Senate Democrats all voted for the bill because of the um, because there was a lot of other provisions in there that they liked. So a little bit of sausage making going on, but this is kind of what we have to do to get these things done. I can't speak for the governor's office, um, but I do hope and pray that he does sign this bill into law or at least uh, let it uh, lie on, the, on his desk for 10 days so it becomes law because this is just simply – oversight and transparency of a company that is dealing with our kids and their sports and their sports future.
0: Well, maybe that reporter down in Raleigh had a point when it said it was the death of the North Carolina High School Athletic Association, because it seems to me that transparency and oversight is uh, one of the things that they really, really don't want. So having it may actually be the death knell for them. (laughs)
3: Well, yeah, right, fair. You know, I remember like back at home during COVID, there was Lake Norman High School football. They had a better, they had a better um, record for the fall. This was maybe three years ago, and um, so the high school athletic association, though there was uh, some reason why they did a blind coin toss behind closed doors, nobody saw that, and even though Lake Norman High School had a better football record. They were kicked out of the playoffs because of a, quote, blind uh, coin toss. That does not happen anymore. This is what the kind of things that we're trying to clean up so that when things are made about our children's future, decisions are made about our children's future, it is in a public and fair um, way and so I think that all in North Carolina uh, will be grateful for these changes as they get implemented.
0: No, absolutely. And earlier uh, to the show, we had uh, Congressman Patrick McHenry on, who was talking uh, to us some about the state of affairs up in uh, Washington. And um, you know, obviously, they're having their own budget. Uh, uh, well, I mean, it's not even really yeah. budgets anymore. I can't remember the last time we actually had a federal budget. But he was sharing with us, you know, the the fact that uh, you know they're they're going through their own uh, conversations about spending and everything like that, though far. Are different, obviously, you know, he's up there having to argue against how much everybody wants to spend, and us down here, we're trying to, we're just sort of seem to be going back and forth on what to spend on. We don't want to spend necessarily more, yeah. but we want, but we do want to prioritize where it goes. But uh, with the time we have left uh, in the budget, anything in particular you're really excited about? I know that there were uh, employee uh, uh, teacher raises, I know there were state employee raises, bus driver raises. I read, which is fantastic. But anything in particular that you're really excited about? You know, either Ardell County related or North Mech related as part of your district?
3: Yeah, so there's something that we're going to start is what's called a public defender's office. That this is something that Representative Gray Mills and Jeffrey, uh, Representative McNeely and Setzer and I worked on. And it's because we have such a large backlog of cases in Iredell County and Alexander Court, because we don't have a lot of attorneys who are able to uh, take on these, uh, low, these cases. So now we will have what's called a public Defender's office. So these will be full-time attorneys who will be uh, paid by the state of North Carolina to represent those who cannot represent themselves in court. Hopefully, this will be a lot smoother process and be able to allow folks to um, to get through and get the type of representation they need. i you know, that's that's something that doesn't make the headlines in the paper, but for. Every day, North, For everyday folks who live in Iredell County who cannot afford a public defender, now one will be appointed to you in a timely fashion. So I'm very, very excited for that. There are other things that are in the budget that helps us, but quite frankly, I'm just glad it's done. I'm glad it's done. <laughs> I am. I'm glad the casino thing has been put off to the side. I've, I'm just grateful that, you know, those people who work for the state are finally getting their uh, raises that they were uh, – that we had, you know, worked out for them. Um, so that part, that's what I'm really excited about. And as we unpack the budget going forward, I'll continue to talk about these things on the radio show every Friday.
0: Uh, you, uh, every Friday?
3: Well, you know, since
0: I'm going to be there, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, Every Friday night, don't overpromise. I know you're a politician and everything, but don't, don't overpromise on anything like that.
3: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, we, hey, guess what? We have two weeks off in the Senate, uh, so we, I do plan to be in home. I'm excited to be there and enjoy some beautiful fall weather and get out and meet everybody and uh, say hello to folks
1: at
0: home. And it's great football weather. And I know given the focus you now have on how hyper-focused you are on football, this will be a great two weeks for you. To really knuckle under and, and really get your uh, get your football acumen up.
3: Um, and Saturday is going to be college football day, so I'm ready. I'm ready. I went to the Panthers game on Monday night, so I am all in on being football.
0: It's very impressive. Your commit your commitment is all inspiring. I have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Senator, Senator sorry. So drive much. safe coming back from Raleigh. Thank you for all you do for thank us sure. and for being down there to uh, vote on a budget and representing Ridel County so well.
3: And thank you, David, for uh, keeping the flagship uh, afloat while I'm out here trying to do the people's business.
0: I will do my – I try to do my best. You have a great day.
3: Thank you. Yes, sir.
0: Um, bye-bye. <laughs> so that was Senator Vicki Sawyer calling in to uh, fill us in a little bit on the state budget. But also, I got to tell you, you know, at some point in time you have to – when you, you know going back to the North Carolina High School Athletic Association, you got to think that at some point in time they're going to stop picking a fight with Senator Sawyer because they just seem to be losing every time they try. Um, and and to be fair, she has tried to do this the the cooperative way and the easy way with them. But some people just don't learn lessons, and they are continuing to uh, learn them the hard way. Um, you know, and trying to do end-arounds, but obviously uh, Vicky's not uh, definitely not allowing that. So maybe maybe they'll learn from this situation and maybe be good faith actors going forward. It's just a thought guys just throwing it out there maybe just maybe you stop picking fights you can't win but you know that's me but it has been a great day here on uh well i hope a great day even though i'd say so i don't want to be arrogant about it but i think i killed it bill i mean you know i uh, see they and see i want the ratings comparison of me flying solo versus me with vicky because i gotta think we had an uptick i really do and if we didn't have an uptick we're going to tell people we did Bullish on Goal. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to We are Just Saying. We'll talk to you next week. The new 105.9 100.7 WSIC Statesville Mooresville North Charlotte